Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 273. And tonight, we don't have a Nightville episode to recap, but we do have two things we need to talk about. So first, we are going to start with the weekly sit rep. And this is in addition to the two things. The sit rep is its own thing. I didn't count that one. Always. Yeah, right. Everything's fine here. It's just nothing really to report. I actually saw some friends of mine that I haven't actually seen in person for a year. Um, we would just we actually went to an area of North Park, San Diego. We got lunch, and then we just walked around. And you don't realize, like during the pandemic, the idea is if you're going to go out someplace, you have a place that you're going to. You have a destination. The idea of just walking around with no particular destination, it was amazing. Ah. Oh. I, I feel like I've lost an entire year. I'm sure a lot of other people feel the same way, but it's just, I look back at that and I think, has it been a year and a half since we wandered around downtown with friends? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Man. It's crazy. And the mask situation, you know, the mask mandate has been lifted in California, but I think it was probably about... Maybe not quite half and half, but I did see a significant portion of people still wearing masks, especially when we would go inside buildings. You know, this one bookstore that we went to, which is gets a little crowded. I think a lot of people just feel comfortable wearing masks when they're going to be that close proximity to people. So that's kind of comforting, I think. Well, Nathan and I celebrated our 24th wedding anniversary last week. Congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. And to celebrate, we went with a couple friends of ours who were celebrating their anniversary the day after ours. So we just decided to get together and we went to the Mulino Italian Kitchen and Bar Restaurant which I had never been to and which was really nice and I didn't see hardly anybody wearing a mask. I mean we didn't wear a mask um, it's. I go to drive-ins now and the employees aren't wearing a mask So, but the problem is that we're starting to see an increase in numbers and they think it Uh, might be the Delta variant. Now it's not everywhere. It's just certain counties. Oddly enough, counties that don't have high vaccination records at them. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. I'm, I'm just watching that everywhere. I mean, I'm seeing... You know, our family in Alabama, I'm worried for them because the case, the active cases in Alabama are still on the rise. Yep. North yep. Carolina's cases. I mean, the governor, they had a drawing last week for a million dollars for someone getting vaccinated and they awarded it, a teacher with a family and, you know, really great for her. It's done nothing to the vaccination rate. It's not really? increasing it at all. And I think the people who are determined to not get vaccinated literally won't take a million dollars in order to do it because they're that convinced that this is being treated like a guinea pig to take the vaccine. Yep. 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 I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just at this point, you want people to get the vaccine, but you can't make them get the vaccine. So you just have to do what you can to keep yourself safe. Yeah. And it's, it's frustrating because I think one of the big things is convincing people not to take the vaccine is that people are playing up the number of adverse events and deaths and people are making shit up. Like the idea that taking the vaccine will sterilize you, which I mean, if they had something like that, that could sterilize you with two shots, don't you think that would have come out before now? Some nefarious person thought. 
would have done that to a population somewhere in the world. So I don't think that technology exists. No, I don't think so either. But then again, I mean, all the stuff about the indigenous children, the graves found at those schools and everything. I mean, there's a lot of shit that goes on that we're like, oh, no government would ever do that. No, they would, unfortunately. So I'm like, sometimes I don't want to say they're right to be paranoid, but there have been some shitty events that have happened in the past. So a lot of people, but I do... I don't know. I see some stuff come up on Twitter every once in a while. Facebook has a thing to report fake news mm-hmm. so that you can tag a post and do that. But Twitter doesn't. You can report what you think is a fake account, but I don't know what counts as a fake account, really. Um, you can report people acting badly, but I kind of think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen that, but I saw somebody post some picture that, you know, some woman's legs were all completely burnt up and they said it happened because of the vaccine. I'm like, all of this looks so fake. I just wanted a button to be able to click and be like, can somebody please check this out? Because if it's fake, maybe we don't need to be passing it around. So I don't know. I don't know. But um, anyway, in uh, cheerier news, um, we were going to mention that Uh, San Diego Comic-Con is going on starting on the 23rd, but it's an online-only event. But they are doing the art show again this year, and so we're going to be participating. It's slightly different from last year. Yeah, last year was on Tumblr, and really, the organizer for this, I think this is an unpaid position, and he Mm -hmm. just does a bucket load of work every year, whether it's online or live. He does all this work to get it organized. And Tumblr, I think everybody agreed, might not be the way to go forward just because of the sheer amount of yeah. artwork and the fact yeah. that you you get onto the you know section of Tumblr where they have the art show on and to see everything you've just got to do the eternal scroll you can't really yeah. navigate to stuff this year it's going to be a bit different yeah I think it's going to be more of a listing type thing I mean they're still not selling on the site but there'll be a logo and a few pictures and I think the, your website address and you'll click through to that it sounds like it's going to be similar to how they did the sales floor for comic-con I mean nothing's going to be as good as being able to walk around and see things but mm-hmm. i mean it's still this is free by the way we're not <laughs> yes, paying anything to do this no charge whatsoever so yep. eh, we don't get to sell stuff eh, it's not costing us anything no that's exactly right so yeah looking forward to that that's, mm-hmm. that's i'm glad they're really doing that and of course there's going to be a comic-con at thanksgiving this year i don't know that i'm quite ready to do that one yet either i mean that's you get con crud regular years when there's not a pandemic i don't know if i feel like braving that many people yet yeah that and I feel like it's encouraging this bad behavior of corporations scheduling money-making opportunities for Thanksgiving, like Thanksgiving yeah. Day. That sucks. Yeah. You know, wait until Black Friday at the very least, people. So many people didn't get to see their families last Thanksgiving, and now, well, we've talked about this on other podcasts, so we don't need to <laughs> don't need to beat a dead horse on this one anyway. But um, okay, so moving right along, one of the two things we were going to talk about, obviously, we saw the third episode of Loki. Now, when you told me that you still needed to watch that, I told you you needed to savor this episode. Do you yes. agree? I absolutely agree. There's so much to like about this episode. I mean, where do we start? I know for a fact that there are two things in this episode that you specifically liked a lot because I liked them as well. What do you guess would be the first one? Well, the one about when um, Sylvie, the Lady Loki character, demands to know where Loki has the tempad that he stole. And that was... I just, I mean, the two of them have been sniping back and forth at each other. He stole the tempad and he's hidden it away magically and she's trying to get it and they're both yelling at each other and she's getting more frustrated and he's just getting more exasperated and she says, where have you hidden it? And he said, in my heart. And just... <laughs> 
the delivery on that perfect line was amazing. It was one of my favorite parts of the whole episode because it caught me absolutely by surprise. And yet it is such a perfect Loki thing to say. It's just amazing. One of the things that I liked, one of my favorite things... Was a moment that was not particularly Loki like, but it was when he was in the bar on the train and singing a song. And I think just every fiber of my being just melted into a puddle. Because it was an Asgardian drinking song and it was very upbeat and everything. And then he slows it down and it's like a little ballad. And he's just singing very contemplatively, singing to Sylvie, who doesn't know what to think about any of this. And I wrote it down in my notes Loki is singing and I am so ridiculously charmed. I just, one thing, all right, so it's great because it is an Asgardian drinking song, which you would imagine to be kind of sort of like a Viking thing or whatever, but it sounded a bit Celtic. Yes. And it sounded a bit Middle Eastern. And the thing I noticed, the orchestra that I play in, the little pickup orchestra, we did this Azerbaijani concert at one point. And you know how there are whole steps and half steps in music, right? Mm-hmm. In Middle Eastern types of music, a lot of times they have quarter steps. Oh, my. So they are, yeah, and they're hard to hit because it just feels like you're playing a wrong note, like you're playing something sharp or flat. But if you can get it, if you can nail it, that's what gives a Middle Eastern song this kind of strange feeling, these little quarter note grace notes. And I swear to God, he was doing that with his voice. And as hard as that shit is to pull off on an instrument, I don't know. And it didn't sound auto-tuned either. I really thought it was his actual voice. I got to see the movie he was in, I Saw the Light, at some point, where he's playing the country music star because he sang for all of that. And he's got some pipes. He knows how to sing. I mean, it's so unfair. He knows how to dance. He knows how to sing. He speaks a few languages, I think. I mean, just Mm. stop being so awesome, Tom. Yeah, that's Knock it off. (laughs) (sighs) So what was one of the other bits that you really, really liked? Uh, The whole extended, unbroken cut in the very ending as they're trying to run through the city, which is all neon, and you've got meteorites crashing down, and there's an entire other planet in the sky about to crash with the planet. And yeah, I think it was, I can't even, I don't even know how long that take was, but just to have all of that going on, and the cinematography in this episode was so cool. I mean, just, just brilliant. The, the purple hues on everything as they're wandering around this apocalyptic planet trying to find a way to escape, and, and I thought at the ending that Sylvie was going to blame Loki for the fact that Loki got drunk on the train and Uh let his disguise slipped and they got thrown out so they weren't able to get to the Ark in time to either hijack it or use the power to redo the temp, uh, recharge the temp pad, which they couldn't do after Loki accidentally broke it. But then you get to the point where they're almost at the gate to try to get to the Ark to escape, and a piece of the moon just slices it in half and crashes oh, down. And you're looking at thinking, no, there was literally no way they were ever getting off this planet nope. via the Ark. Nope. It just wasn't nope. going to happen. Nope, it wasn't. There was a moment, there's several things that I liked. One, they're just running flat out through this city in that long, unbroken shot and everything. And I love the fact that they weren't doing that thing that you see in TV shows, where I guess they it's hard to keep track of somebody running, you know, keep track of them with the camera. So they kind of do that fake run where they just, you know, they're mostly uh, yeah. running in place. I always hate that. No, they were running flat out, just tearing around corners and everything. And at one point, this giant structure starts to fall, and you see Loki's like, I've got it. Boom! And he just stops it in midair, and I'm like, oh! 
and I had to rewind and watch it again. It was so cool. It was like absolutely one of my favorite moments of the whole episode. It I was did so not. Awesome. I did not know he could do that for some reason. I didn't know either. He's, he's always done the like you know being an enchanter and taking over people's minds and uh, disguises oh. and everything else. I had no idea he could lift an entire building with his oh magic power. That was it. Was so <gasps> badass. It was really really awesome. So and and like you said, in that whole city lit by neon with meteors falling all over the place just it probably wasn't even five minutes if you count it from the whole thing but it just was so impressive this was this was apparently the shortest episode of the season so far and it really felt like it flew by i mean they had all of the cool fight scenes multiple fight scenes with sylvie and loki just kicking ass and looking like they're dancing the entire time so awesome just amazing just Um, cool and Loki being all tipsy on the uh, train while they're trying to get to the Ark, and he's trying to explain to Sylvie what love is, because they've had this conversation. You know, They don't trust each other because they both know... Well, she refuses to be called Loki, so a lot yeah. of people are wondering if she's actually a Loki variant or if maybe she's the Enchantress, which I believe in the comics was someone that was made by Loki, so... Yeah, though, wait, who's... Who's over in DC? Isn't there an enchantress over in DC? Maybe I feel like like I think Suicide Squad. I don't know. People are yelling at us right now. I'm sorry. There's (laughs) there's different versions of the same character in DC and Marvel a lot of the time. So anyway, just go with it. (laughs) But anyway, they're they're having this conversation aboard the train, and at one point, she asks him, you know, you know, because she said apparently there's somebody that she's in a relationship with, but she's being purposely vague about it. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure that's going to be a real punch in the gut when we find out who that is. But she said, so what about you? Is there a special princess or maybe even another prince? And Loki thinks about it for a second, said a bit of both, probably like you, I suspect. And you could tell the LGBTQ people around the world losing their minds because this is just like awesome. We've seen his his um, ID card in the credits, and it shows Loki, and it says gender fluid. So we already knew that they were like, uh-uh. But to have him say it out loud was fantastic. So Everyone awesome. suspected for a while, but it is great to get confirmation of that. I mean, honestly, it is canon in the very best sense of the word in the fact that in the traditional mythology, he was the mother to Odin's horse, for crying out <laughs> loud. So he's gender fluid, he's sexual identities fluid, his anatomy's fluid, apparently. So, you know, he's just not going to conform to the gender binary. No, but I loved seeing him get all Thor while he's dancing and drinking and throwing down a cup. Another smash! (laughs) But then he's he's talking with Sylvie and he had been trying to come up with a metaphor for what love was like. And there was this very beautiful section where he talks about love is like a knife. It's beautiful until it makes you bleed. And then when you try to grasp it, it's not there. And she said, so love is an imaginary knife. Yes. Doesn't make sense, does it? No. Terrible metaphor. I'm like, I thought it was a good metaphor. <laughs> I thought it was a good metaphor. I was with it the whole time. Of course, it was Tom Hiddleston delivering it. So I'm like, yes, everything you're saying sounds great. But mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. So, so happy. That is my favorite episode so far. But oh, yeah. Uh, other than the fact that the episode ends with them trapped on a planet that is literally about to have another planet crash into them. 
we found out something about the TVA, which was that Mobius had told Loki that everybody who works for the TVA had been created by the big time people, whatever. Sorry, I keep wanting to call them Time Lords, and I know that's not that's not not what it is, but whatever. You know what we mean. But Sylvie had, there was a flashback in the beginning where she's interrogating one of the guards that she kidnapped, and she's doing it in, like, the gentlest way you can imagine. She's giving her a hallucination of being at her favorite bar and getting to drink margaritas, and that was back before she was part of the TVA, which shocked Loki, and it turns out, wait a minute, they're, they're not created? No, how would that make any sense? And he said, yes, but they don't know that. So yeah, yeah. Or, they I, don't know that they're all variants, every one of them. Yeah. Which isn't the guy, the one who showed Loki, and I should have looked this up before the episode, but I didn't think to do it, the one who ends up showing Loki where the Infinity Stones are kept. He's mm-hmm. the one who's like, oh yeah, some people use them as paperweights and everything. Wasn't he one of the friends in Ant-Man? That actor? I swear, because that actor's done a lot. He's a character actor you've seen all the time. And I looked at him, I'm like, I swear to God, he's been in the Marvel Universe. I, he may have. Oh, hang on. All we're right. going to have to look this up. We're going to have to look this yeah, up. That's yeah. just not, not going to be able to pass this by. Hang on a second. Do you remember what his name was? Nope. I'll try and look on my end. Casey, wasn't it? Uh, Maybe. Death, painful, horrible death, Casey. Yes, 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 that's it. That's it. (laughs) What's the actor's name? His name is Eugene Cordero, and I'm looking up his uh, IMDb credits now. He was in Kong Skull Island. Well, that's probably one of the places I remembered him from. He was in The Good Place. Who was he in The Good Place? Pillboy. Probably one of her friends. Hmm? Pillboy. Oh my God! Is wasn't it Pillboy was his friend? I think that so. Was the his one, buddy, the one that who he was can... there, who like locked him into the the thing without any ear holes in it. Was Maybe. And I think he was the one that he convinced him to you know stick to his job working in the nursing home to keep him from screwing up his life any worse. That must be where I know him from. I'm oh, sure he was, was in The Mandalorian. A uh, character okay. named Stoke in uh, the episode Sanctuary. I have no idea who that would okay, be. But hang on a second. He has been in a lot of things that we love. He has been in many things. So hang on a second. He was in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, of which I've seen a little bit, mostly because Hannah highly recommends it. I still need to watch more of that. <laughs> He's in a lot of stuff that I need to see, like Parks and Recreation. I still haven't watched that, and everybody I know who has seen that loves it. Man, he's got one hell of a credit list on IMDb. He really does. He's I'm been still in not all finished scrolling to the end. Yeah. But as far as I can tell, he was not in Ant-Man, so. Okay, that's the one thing he was not in. Okay, I'm thinking of somebody <laughs> different. That's fine. I thought I'd maybe figured something out earlier on than actually I did. But anyway, yeah, that, I mean, we were talking about how the first episode was so madcap. I wouldn't describe this episode as madcap, but it was just the tension was so ramped up for so much of it. So many fights going on, um, so much sneaking around and drunk scenes and sniping at each other and then badass scenes and explosions. And it was really fun. It really does show the mentality of Sylvie if she can be the kind of person to hide out in apocalypses. Because mm. by their very nature, the world's about to end. And just yeah. if you get if you time things wrong or if you get stuck there, you're screwed. And yeah. now we're seeing that and I can't wait for Wednesday, which will have actually dropped the day before this episode drops. So mm. you guys probably know more than we do now. 
That's right. Well, actually, I think our listeners probably usually do know more than we do, only because they will look things up when they're supposed to. Because they're better at TV. Yeah, that's right. Anything else you want to say about Lucky? Just enjoying the hell out of the show. It is so much fun. And I love the fact that I was hooked from the very first moment. Um, Yep. Just, they have accomplished something amazing. But they had Tom Hiddleston, so that was probably a gimme. I was already in it for that alone. But (laughs) did you know, you know, we were so impressed about the place where the Time Agency was filmed, that it's a hotel in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. It's also one of the locations of Dragon Con. Is it really? Okay. It is. Yes, it is. So I thought, one more reason to go to Dragon Con. Oh, I yeah. know. I mean, dragons, we probably should have gone to one of those a long time ago. Yeah, really? I know, right? Okay, so moving right along, we've got, of course, another episode of Lore Olympus. And this week was another look back at the history of the golden trader Hera. But it was actually looking a little bit more at her relationship with Hades and mm-hmm. what happened with them. Because this whole time he's telling this story to Persephone. And we finished up last week with Zeus offering to make Hades a king. So what he tells him is that he's decided he could be the king of the underground because he's not always okay with sunlight and he does that making shiny rocks kind of thing and mm-hmm. Poseidon's already claimed the sea. So Zeus is going to be really cool and like make Hades king of the underworld so he doesn't have to do all the hard work that Zeus is going to do being king of everything else. But right. The shit move that he does, though, is that he tells him, and when you go down there, you can take dad with you, which he pans over and there's Kronos who's in chains. And who does that? Who tells somebody the person that tormented you for so many years and then chopped you into pieces when you were trying to escape, you're now going to be responsible for him. And just to, to make it even worse... Hades asks Hera if she will come with him and be the queen of the underworld. And she says, Zeus has offered to make her the queen of heaven. So how could she turn that down? But also, she probably wouldn't want to go down where Kronos is being kept, anywhere near there. And I think Zeus knew that. Yeah, I'm sure. And it just breaks your heart because Hades, he doesn't know who's going to want to go with him to the underworld. And he just doesn't want to be alone. He was alone for 13 years. He would talk to his father sometimes during those 13 years, even though he hated him, but he's like, he just had to talk to somebody. The biggest fear that he has now is of being alone, which really explains how he ended up with Minth mm-hmm. because he couldn't get, you know, a nice girl to come down to the underworld and be with him because of all the stigma against death and everything else. So he probably, I mean, I don't know, quote unquote, fell in love with Minth just because she was available and, and because she yeah. wasn't she wasn't afraid of him i think that yeah. was one thing that she was just pissed off and badass like Minth can be and mm-hmm. i'm sure hades had a lot of people being very intimidated of the god of death so yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but we also heard a little bit more about why hades and hera had a bit of an affair and it was because mm-hmm. being in the underworld is really lonely being Zeus's wife sucks. So they just kind of gravitated to each other, which he's not proud of. And he tells Persephone, he hopes that doesn't make her think less of him. And Persephone said, well, this is a lot to take in, but I'm glad I heard it from you. And just the way these two communicate is like a primer on how to have a healthy relationship. And that makes it sound boring, but it's totally not. No, (laughs) it's tender as fuck. um, (laughs) I love that line. Yeah, rereading a lot of the old episodes, and I, there, 
in the early episodes, he is so shocked when she asks him how he's doing. She wants to know anytime that she asks if he's okay, because he just wants somebody to just care about him, you know, not for anything that he can do for them to just honestly care how he's doing. And that's that he wants that more than anything else. And I also read the episode where he goes to the fates to get the, um, uh, the tape of oh, his yes. lost memories. And I love the fact that the two fates were kind of like making him toe the line and do all the stuff. But the third one, who's apparently in charge, was like, no, no, here's the tape. You can have it and everything. And later on, she's talking to her sisters. And they're like, I don't understand why you gave him a pass like that. And she says, it's completely understandable for a king to be curious about his future queen. And you see the fates are looking at this picture and they are just absolutely delighted. And it is Persephone in her full badass glory. And I'm like, yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> and with a crown. So this was not a yeah, flashback to her act of wrath earlier nope. on. This is her nope. actually being queen of the underworld. And I can't nope. wait. Oh, man. Oh, man. But we still have to get through this whole Apollo nonsense and this Leto nonsense. I still want to see Hades just go to town on Leto for spilling secrets like that. That was a shitty move. Well, he may not actually be able to confront her directly because if she knows that him and Hera had been having an affair, we don't know if Zeus ever knew that. And Leto well, may. I could definitely see her holding that over Hades and Hera when it comes because to Because it. it looks like Apollo's already trying to do that because when he had gone to Zeus again to ask for Persephone's hand again, and Zeus is like, I freaking told you no. And Apollo gets really enraged or something. And it's like, oh, I understand. It's because Hades likes her family first, right? By the way, mom says hi. And so you know Apollo knows. Yeah. Well, he knows that Leto and... Zeus slept together, but I don't know if he knows that Hera and Hades slept together. No, no, he doesn't know that, but yeah, he knows. That's true. Yeah, I I was starting to get mixed up between who's sleeping with who, and I'm just like, oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, I also, in the earlier episodes, Zeus is aware of that whole fertility goddess thing, Mm -hmm. because he went to investigate the act of wrath and that was part of what he was looking into. He's like, how could she possibly have done this? Not like she's a fertility goddess, right? And what he finds out is, yeah, she she definitely is. So, But I don't know if they acknowledge the fact that that makes Hera a fertility goddess. I don't think so because in the flashback when Demeter was talking about that whole theory, it wasn't Hera's power that Zeus used to overthrow Cronus. Oh, that's right. He devoured Medes, Hera's that's mother, right. which yeah. I still I still don't know how that flew with Hera. I mean, I don't either. unless maybe she found out about it afterwards and thought she got killed by Cronus instead of by Zeus, but everybody know. apparently knows it now, so Yeah. Mm, man. <sighs> All the commenters are always just why can't Hera just fucking leave Zeus? I'm sure it's not that simple. I'm I'm sure probably not. not simple. No. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, but yeah. And it's beautiful. Everything is beautiful. The whole, everything. All the commenters were talking about getting to see Hades again with his long hair. They were just drooling over that. I like him with the short hair myself, but that's to each their own. It's fine. Yeah. So the end of the episode was Hades telling Persephone, there's some more stuff that I really want to tell you, but we're going to need to take a field trip to see it. End of episode. I'm like, what? What? Where are what, you going? What, what are we going to find out? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Every once in a while, I get tempted to get one of those fast passes. I just, I just want to read one more episode. No. <laughs> I'm going to have to wait even longer. So, no. But So, the only thing I've, I've been kind of getting caught up on, I finally finished Mr. Robot, which went four seasons, and... 
I didn't like all of it. I, I liked a lot of it. There was a lot of good stuff. There was one particular episode that something happened, and I was like looking at the screen going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, my God, I can't believe But um, I thought that the final episode, they did stick the landing mm-hmm. because if nothing else, the final episode was a reward for the people who had stuck with the show the entire time. It was almost explicitly, like they almost practically came out to say, you guys who have been watching this from the beginning, this is for you. And they do a lot of interesting things and go in a direction that I didn't expect them to go in. Okay. Can you recommend it? I've only ever seen the first season. The funny thing is, it's not the bleakness that makes me not want to recommend it, because as bleak as it is, it's not that bad. I've watched much, much worse. I mean, there's a lot of Breaking Bad I thought got way more bleak than that. It's just sometimes I don't know what it is. It just felt like it was taking a lot of effort to get through it. I don't know why. So Hmm. sometimes I guess it just didn't connect with me. But the times when it did connect are really good. So really, it's kind of one of those, I think you'd enjoy it, but you're going to have to set aside some time. Yep. Well, uh, I think so. I should do that at some point. That and Legion. I will try to make my way through those at some point. That's another one where it's like there was a lot of it that I really enjoyed, but it was harder to get through than it needed to be. So that's I do have a problem with that when I... I think if you have to make yourself get through it, it was never bad. Though there were some bits in the final episode where there was a bit with a song that I was like, guys, this is just clearly not working. But, you know, <laughs> I knew what they were trying. But um, yeah, it's another one that's hard to recommend. Both of them are just because it takes so much work to get through. Okay, there was one other thing that I wanted to mention. We shared on uh, the Binary System Podcast Twitter account about a new manga that's coming out. And it is manga creator Junji Ito, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I am probably not. So he's going to be doing a manga adaptation of the 2019 movie, The Lighthouse. And Mm. I was instantly intrigued. Okay, one, The Lighthouse is dark. And I mean, like, dark as in cinematography. It's all done in chiaroscuro almost. It's that kind of black and white dark. And also, it is two guys alone in a lighthouse, slowly losing their mind, and by the end of it, they're both dead. The end. So it's... Yeah, it's really dark. Now, Junji Ito did the manga that the movie Uzumaki was based on, and Uzumaki, that translates in English to The Spiral, and it was Uh. one of the movies that was recommended to me on Reddit when I made a post. Here's a list of the horror movies that I've really liked. Can you recommend something that I would also like? And that was one of the recommendations. It is messed up. It is is so weird. It is just crazy. It is that Japanese style that I I imagine if I was more familiar with that storytelling style, I would probably understand it more, but possibly not because the manga was really hard to understand too, apparently. But just the fact that Junji Ito is apparently known for doing these bizarre, horrifying, weird manga and that he's doing an adaptation of Lighthouse, I'm in. I want to see this. I mean, I hope that it will have a wide release because it's being released in Japan along with the Japanese language version of the Lighthouse. House, which uh, uh, because uh. Junji Ito apparently really liked that movie and wanted to be able to do something for it. So well, hopefully it'll also be released in the U.S. Maybe in time yes. for Halloween. That would be neat. With a good translation, that'd be swell. But yeah, I mean, definitely. when you get right down to it, it's not going to be like this huge big thing. It's a summary of the lighthouse. It's going to be eight pages which is... Oh, that's it? Oh, that's wow. That's not really? that many pages, but I do love that somebody um, 
was talking about it, and they said, in what seems like a Mad Libs conjured straight from my subconscious, and that the combination <laughs> of this guy with that movie. God, yeah. But that's weird. I was really expecting like an actual like full book. Eight pages doesn't seem like... That seems like a... Not that... I mean, I'm sure it's going to be good and everything, but there's been so much press about it. I was just like, oh, and it's just eight pages? That seems short. Yeah. Uh, he's put a lot of work into it. I've taken a look at the sample pictures that they've released, and he's got Willem Dafoe down. He's oh, nice. really, really good at that. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, I've been leaning towards trying to find more weird stuff lately. I am going to watch Midsummer because we're in... You know, about midsummer yeah. right now. You know, it's like <laughs> it's, I need to. It's the perfect time. This for is the it. time to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So I was uh, talking with my friend Wade this week, and we were talking about disturbing movies and everything. And I was hoping that he was going to recommend something that I hadn't heard of. But he's like, "Oh my god, have you heard this this one horror movie called The Descent?" And I was like, "Yep, seen it. Already got it. I'm on it. So that's fine. <laughs> it's another one I need to rewatch at some point. Yeah. Summertime yeah. seems like a d- good time for that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But." Uh, but I guess that is going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the fan art galleries. Don't have any fan art galleries at the moment. We need to get one. Of course, go over to Catherine, Instagram.com slash fan dragon Adams. Fan dragon Adams, I think. Yeah, that's right. I, I couldn't remember suddenly how you did Instagram feeds. Um, <laughs> yeah, Catherine's been doing a lot of fan art over there. So those are fun. Definitely check those out. And also follow us at Binary System Pod on Twitter because I love retweeting Laura Olympus and Transformers fan art over there. And there is some amazing fan art for both of those oh, properties. Man. I follow this one person called Obaro O dot b dot a whatever um i follow them because they tend to retweet a lot of great artists that i've never heard of before only problem is there's also a lot of porn a lot of it's really (laughs) disturbing porn like you did not expect the transformers to be that anatomically correct kind of wow right i know if you you can wade through that they're pretty good but if you want to follow us for slightly more family-friendly uh artwork um binary system pod at twitter anyway all that and more pixelatedgeek.com or our various social medias but so next week i think we will have a night episode should we check that yes we should hang on a second yes because uh they'll have one on july 1st okay all right good so yes okay yes next week we will have a night episode to recap and some more loki and some more laurel olympus and whatever weird stuff we're watching so one way or the other we will talk to everybody in one week talk to y'all later Oh, <laughs> my